Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of... Dude, dude. Dude, dude. Dude, dude. Is dudeness, suitor, El Duderino. Dude, 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 Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it It's the Legion of Dudes podcast And now, here's the dudes Hey everybody, John here, Friday morning, New York Comic Con Just walking in on 34th Street about nine in the morning it's about 10 degrees weathermen are either stupid or liars it's freaking freezing check in later welcome everyone to the legion of dudes podcast my name is john and i am joined as always by my partners in crime the legion of dudes introduce yourself guys hey this is ken this is adam this is russ and we are here tonight for a wild card episode. We have a bunch of things that we uh, want to get to. First and foremost, we would, are very happy to announce the launch of the new website. Um, so legionofdudes.com is up. It can also be reached at halfhourwasted.com and hhwlod.com. And uh, we're very happy with uh, some exclusive content that we're opening the site with. We have a Wonder Woman animated video uh, interview with Jim Dietz and Ken. Uh, we were able to interview the director and, of course, Bruce Tim, uh, which if you've seen any um, DC animation, you know who Bruce Tim is. And we have a great interview with those two up, and we have a bunch of blogs up and links to the forums and photos from New York Comic Con. And uh, I'd like to congratulate all you guys on a great job getting this out on time and, and getting all the content up. So I hope you guys are as happy with it as I am. Definitely. It's been a lot of fun working great. on it, you guys. It has been a long process. We've probably, I guess, when did we start this in motion? Like uh, October August, or so? Yeah, or? yeah, it was a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so building a website is not as easy as it sounds. We're all a bunch of incessant perfectionists, so you know we wanted to make sure what we got out there was good and solid, and and uh, I think we all feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and it's definitely um, nice to finally be merged with Half Hour Wasted, and uh, we have a lot of good stuff planned for the future, so it's good to get that going. You know what? Why don't we start with a little voicemail? We've kind of been hanging on to this one for a little while, and I'd like to play it. So, Ken, why don't you cue that up? Right. Hey, dudes, what's up? Uh, this is uh, Sean, a.k.a. Optimus Black 2007 from the Comic Forum boards. Um, I just finished listening to the uh, X-Men Days of Future Past episode. I have never read um, X-Men Days of Future Past, but what I find funny is this. Uh, a couple months ago, my dad gave me all of his comic books uh, for me to liquidate his collection. He told me I could keep some things and just liquidate the rest and uh, so he could have some money. You know, because we're in a bad economy right now, but that's okay. We do what we got to do. So, um, in the midst of liquidating his collection, and I was listening to this episode of uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, lo and behold, what do I find but a trade edition of X-Men Days of Future Past from, I guess, back in the 80s, you know, before trades were really a big deal. So now that I have it, I'm going to partake in it and read it. And you know what? I probably wouldn't even have read it 
I probably just would have just discarded it, even though I'm a big John Byrne, Terry Austin fan from back in the day. But the fact that you guys did a podcast on it made it sound entertaining, made it sound worthwhile. I'm not the biggest X-Men fan in the world, but um, you guys uh, have enticed me to read it, so I'm going to do that now. And also, for those that listen to the podcast that don't like participate in the forums and anything like that, check it. If you hop to the comic forums, go to the Half Hour Wasted Forum, it's one of the friendliest places in the forum world, period. The comic forums is probably one, one of the one of the friendliest places in, in the forum world. Because I know how some people get, you know, they don't like dealing with forum boards because they think he's getting out of the fanboy talk and, you know, like the comic book guy from The Simpsons, you know. He, you know, a lot of people can't deal with that. Well, you really don't have to deal with that here. It's a very friendly environment. And, you know, we want you to chime in, you know. Give us your two cents, three cents, four cents, you know, whatever you got. You know, because we would just like to, you know, we would like to see, you know, we like, we like some participation. I think that always helps. But um, that's just me. Hey, you guys, once again, keep doing what you do. You're doing a great job. Looking forward to more episodes. And uh, that's it. Peace and good times. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Sean, for that. Uh, Sean's always had nice words for us, and he's been a big supporter from the beginning. And we're glad that... Um, you know, you checked out X-Men because of us. I think that's like the biggest compliment possible, that people are looking at books that they wouldn't have from hearing us. So, okay. Another convert. Yes, yes. Soon we will have them all. Another thing about Sean is that he's, he's the head of PKD Media, and they have uh, right now out uh, the Mercury and the Murd uh, Collected Edition, which is a pretty cool comic book that he's working on now. I tell you about that comic. Any comic that can pull off a, a reference to the White Shadow is okay in my book. Yes, <laughs> and I'll tell you what. You know what? This is totally impromptu, but we have a few copies of that um, for prizes. The first person who starts a new thread in the brand new Half Hour Wasted and Legion of Dudes forum and names the thread PKD Media and says, "Give me the book." In the in the thread, we're gonna send a uh, copy of Mercury and the Murder out. Awesome. So get on the forum. Good deal. Sounds good. You know, speaking of X Men, Russ, uh, all weekend Jim kept saying over and over again, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna make my pick. Is gonna be uh, Morrison's X Men run because I can't wait to debate that with Russ." <laughs> so get ready. Which buddy. side of that argument are you on again, Russ? I am on the con side of that argument, my friend. <laughs> I haven't read any of it, so I'm not too too familiar. Well, this will be your chance. <laughs> not to jump ahead to New York Comic Con, because we're going to get into that later, but uh, Morrison definitely bailed out so he wouldn't have to answer Batman RIP questions, I'm right? Not, I'm not even discussing that. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give the man the benefit of the doubt that he what they said was what it is. They had families to deal with. I'm not going to assume anything more than that. Another related kind of X-Men topic, a lot of people at the con were glowing over that Hulk versus animated movie. Russ, I know you checked it out, and everybody likes the Thor end of it, but everybody's raving about the Wolverine slash X-Men end of it. It, it was, it really, I mean, I, I picked up a Blu-ray. Um, it really surprised me. I mean, my first instinct was, you know, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, and then, you know, 40 minutes for the other one. How much do they really do? And they really just kind of get after it. You know, the the Wolverine with the supporting characters, it kind of combines the best of, of Wolverine. You get a little bit of the Barry Windsor Smith, you know, Weapon X stuff. You get some of the 
Hulk 181, you know, original appearance of, of Wolverine, and kind of everything in between. So it's really, it's really, you know, really tight, really concise, but they're able to pack a whole lot into that 37 minutes, let me tell you. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, watching the beginning of it, my feeling was, all right, you know, this looks pretty cool, but it's probably going to be, you know, Wolverine versus the Hulk in the snow, and, like, maybe Wendigo will show up. You know, it's just going to be a big brawl. Spoiler alert, but this takes a left turn somewhere, and you're into, like, Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X stuff and Deadpool and Sabretooth and... I mean, who else is in this thing, Russ? I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, you get Lady Deathstrike. Right. Who, you know, again, was a big... Wasn't in the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X run, but was a Barry... Was in the... I guess it was Uncanny 205, which was a big... Barry Windsor Smith did that, and it was kind of the intro to Lady Deathstrike, and it was just really awesome. So it's kind of in, in Sabretooth. So you kind of get this... You know, when you get into the to the cast of characters, it's very Barry Windsor Smith-driven, except for, you know, I guess really Sabretooth and, and Deadpool, but... The, the casting of Deadpool is just spot on. It's just hilarious. His mannerisms, you know, the way he goes on and jokes and kids, and um, but it has that slight edge to him, you know, that still is the brutal, you know, side of Deadpool, the the, the evil side of Deadpool. If- yeah, and you know, for everyone that holds off on animation on Blu-ray, thinking that, you know, you hear the argument a lot that my the animation stuff looks fine in standard DVD. You know, I don't need to spend the extra money for for Blu-ray animation. Let me tell you, this thing is outstanding looking. Yeah, you know, the the new Frontier Blu-ray looks fantastic. This is the first Blu-ray animated where I just really looked at it and went, "Holy cow! This really you can really tell this is a Blu-ray animation t- title. It's it's just ultra sharp, ultra crisp. Um, the color detail is just incredible. I mean, that's the one thing." that I noticed more than anything with Blu-ray is the color saturation. You know what? While we're, this is, I, I guess, a perfect opportunity. Uh, while we're on the Wolverine Deadpool topic, um, I was lucky enough to get a phone interview with Mr. Daniel Way, and uh, we got to talk a lot of Wolverine and, and Deadpool, so um, I'm very happy to be able to bring this to you guys, and why don't we run that now? Okay, everybody, I'm happy to have on the phone with me today the current writer of Wolverine Origins and the brand-new Deadpool series, Mr. Daniel Way. Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the show. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. So, Daniel, I got to speak to you a little bit at New York Comic Con, and that was, what, Friday afternoon, I guess before the madness yeah, began, you could say? Before dementia really took over, yeah. <laughs> How was it on Saturday, like completely wild, I would imagine? I actually... Uh... I was in and out all day Saturday, um, so I didn't really see a lot of the show. I, I only had, like, one signing at the booth, uh, so I actually kind of took time. So I had a lot of things on Friday and a lot of things on Sunday, so I actually got out in the city. Uh, I actually went to the Met, which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, got a little culture. You know, the kids got some culture now. Very cool. And uh, But, yeah... Uh, <laughs> When I when I got there, I mean, I, when I walked in, it was like uh, 4:30, and, and it was yeah, I immediately just hit this human wall. You know, luckily Marvel's booth was located. You know, it was really easy to get there. And I can't imagine if it was like stuck in a corner somewhere. I probably would have just bailed. Right, right. <laughs> do you enjoy the like giant con scene, or is it something that you just kind of have to do? Or uh, it, it, it's it, it, I don't know. So it, it is. It, it can be a good time. You know, you end up meeting cool people, and obviously, it serves a function as far as 
getting out there and, you know, meeting fans, um, uh, you know, getting feedback one-on-one on, on what you're doing, um, get, uh, getting the word out about new projects. Like, you know, last year I did a bunch of shows, you know, to, to kind of beat the drum about the new Deadpool book. Um, but, uh, you know, it's tiresome at points. I mean, I think that a lot of people don't realize that we're there kind of on the clock. And you're also, you tend to be under a lot of uh, scrutiny, you know, when uh, it's often kind of awkward when you're, you know, I'll be standing in the Marvel booth and talking to my editor and just people start, you know, clustering up around you. you know, right. It's like, so you have to really watch what you say, you know, because everybody's got a, you know, an email account and, you know, news is just flying out of the place. So it's, you know, and everybody's kind of looking at you. And I, I wish, I guess I wish more people would kind of ask, you know, do you mind if I take a picture? Because, you know, when you get the camera stuffed in your face and it goes right. off, sometimes <laughs> it's a bit odd, you know. Somebody dressed like Deadpool wants you to sign their head or something? <laughs> yeah, 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 I actually met Deadpool uh, briefly. He gave me a hug. That was, uh, was really touching. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So do you have a bunch of cons lined up for the rest of the season or? Uh, uh, a lot. I've got like three more. Um, I'm going to go to the next one is uh, Seattle Emerald City Con. Uh, I've never been there, but uh, um, I mean I've been to Seattle, but I've never been to that show, and I've heard it's it's really cool. And, right. Uh, besides my my little brother stationed there. Um, now he's over in Iraq right now, but his family's there, so I get to see my sister-in-law, my my niece and nephew. Oh wow! Like usually, uh, if if uh, you know, you get an invitation to a show. You know, it's a professional conference, right? You get invited to a lot of shows. And usually the ones I say yes to, you know, if it's a city I actually want to go to or if there's, like, something, you know, I always like to kind of, you know, the, go for the added value, you know. Like, is, right. there, is there someone around there that I'd like to see, you know, because the other thing that people don't understand is that, you know, when we're at these shows, we're not working, you know. Well, I take that back. A lot of artists do actually bring work with them. And I actually have brought work with me, but you're not like, you know, in your office or studio, or, you know, right there at your desk making money. You know what I mean? Sure. And you're not on hand for editors or assistant editors to bring you up and, you know, fix things on the fly. So it's, it's, it's you know, kind of time off. You got to be really careful. You, I mean, you can kind of lose a lot of work by going to conventions too often. Right. <laughs> Okay, so let me let me go back in time a, a little bit. You um, you you jump back on the Wolverine monthly book for the House of M arc, and uh, Wolverine gains his memories back, and, and that was a big part of the character for years and years. You know, his his lost memories. How did you come about to to get back on that book? Oh gosh, let me see. Well, I'd done um, some fill-in stuff earlier in the run. Um, I did a one-off story, and then I did a two-issue story. And, uh, you know, Axel Alonzo was the editor on Wolverine at the time. And he and I worked together all, you know, all the time. So uh, when the first thing that came up, I guess, was we had to do the House of M tie-in, which was, it was a tricky assignment in that um, we had to have, you know, Wolverine was like this major player in House of M. And for continuity's sake, so we couldn't actually have Wolverine in the Wolverine book because he was involved in this in all these events right. in House of M. So, and and the other thing was it was a flashback story and kind of this alternate reality. So ultimately, it didn't matter what the story was. You know, it didn't affect anything. So it was a, you know, it couldn't have Wolverine at least not in the present. 
and it couldn't have any lasting effects on you know the characters. So it was like, okay, uh, and you want three issues, so you know, okay, that's right. no problem at all. <laughs> so I ended up doing this, uh, you know, this thing where it's a lot of flashbacks and you know, kind of uh, you know, ask some questions about you know um, if if Wolverine could have gotten anything he wanted, you know, him getting his memories back. You know, if, if he had his memories back, maybe, you know, everybody kind of got their fondest wish. Well, wouldn't his fondest wish to be rid of them once he got a good look at them? Right. And that's kind of where that was rooted. Um, and I think that, as that story was floating around and kind of all the conversations that it sparked, um, I think that really put some momentum behind a couple of different things. Um, I, uh, a year or two previously, I pitched a story about Wolverine having a son. And then when... Um, um, uh, when Brian Bendis the, uh, and, and the guys at Marvel all came up with the, uh, you know this revelation that Wolverine would get his memories back because originally in the first uh, outline he didn't he had to kind of give up his memories and it would kind of trigger this you know be this kind of heroic sacrifice. Anyway, when we knew he was going to walk out of it with his memories, uh, you know that combined with I you know I guess. You know, enough people liked what I do with the House of M stuff and what I'd done before, and uh, it just kind of spawned into um, this uh, opportunity to to do Wolverine and uh, you know the Wolverine proper book. And I had been working on this story; uh, it was done kind of fairly you know ahead of time, and I'd been kind of toying around with the idea of going into his origin and kind of stitching it together, you know. And uh, I built up a pretty big uh, kind of a reference Bible. And um, I ended up flying up to New York and pitching the idea of what would become Origins. And uh, they said yes. Moreover, they said it would get its own book. So kind of hit the jackpot on that one. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, now that you mention it, you've been on Wolverine one way or another for, like, what, three years now? Yeah, it's been quite a while. Yeah, that's that's pretty you know that's pretty rare these days. So, do you have a commitment to stay with it? Do you think with Origins for a while or? Well, Origins is scheduled to uh, you know for I don't know this five year plan is sixty issues. Um, so I'm I'm with it for you know, at least that long, and then you know we've got other things going on as well. So like with the Dark Wolverine book, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Right. So about docking. Um, we did find out at New York Comic Con. Well, we, I shouldn't say that. We we found out that um, you know, he's going to be one of the Dark Avengers. So that I guess couldn't have been in the plan from the beginning. You were talking about that kind of materialized as things went on. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's the thing with with Marvel is that yeah, it's it's even when we do these creative summits, you know, it's you know supposedly it's like a six month plan or whatever. But um, you know, every time we go in, or it's a year plan, but it's really only for like you know three. Months for sure, six months maybe, and you know the latter six months are very kind of malleable. Um, you know, Marvel just doesn't turn down good ideas or good, you know, especially good big ideas. So uh, they don't just they don't nail everything down to the floor, you know, and say, you know, that's a good idea, but we can't do it, you know. Um, so when you know when when the dark uh, rain stuff came up, and uh, I I was contacted and they were like, well, you know. So Kassan and Brian Bettis were wondering, you know, what do you think about Doc and joining the Avengers, you know, as this kind of Confederate Wolverine? And I was like, I just was laughing. I was, that's probably the best idea ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went for it immediately. And, uh, yeah, I was just kind of, 
I mean, just kind of there for kind of character reference for a while. And then when then uh, my editor, now the editor on Origins, uh, John Barber, uh, he contacted me. He says, he says, they're having a meeting. And then it, the, the idea of Dark Wolverine kind of came up, you know, kind of like, well, Wolverine used to be this kind of the solo book that that branched off of you know Uncanny X-Men, or Dark Wolverine would be kind of that for Dark Avengers, right? And uh, they asked me if I was interested, and I said I said I was very interested, but having you know two uh, monthly books already and doing a couple of special projects, I didn't I didn't really think that I could you know devote enough time to it. And then uh, and John mentioned getting possibly getting a co-writer. And that was intriguing, so I kind of looked around, but I basically only picked one. I picked Marjorie Lou just because I really liked to work, and I thought, and more importantly, I thought that she would kind of get the character. And uh, we asked her, and luckily she said yes. You know, she was available for it. So uh, there you go. That's how That's that great. happened. So now, in the meantime, uh, the Deadpool series starts up, and um, he's kind of like a polar opposite of Doc and N Wolverine. You know, yeah. is that is that interesting for you to do to work with such a, a different character? Yeah, it's almost, and I almost kind of need that. Um, you know, like when I was, you know, I started the Ghost Rider books shortly, you know, around the same time, shortly after Origins, and Ghost Rider was was a much lighter in tone book. You know, it didn't take itself very seriously, and uh, you know, Origins is such you know this grim story that you know it can kind of bring you down. So it's nice to have, you know, another project that you can switch to that's you know, uh, just a completely different flavor entirely. And uh, you, know, you get to stretch different muscles, you know. Um, both of them are action-oriented books, but, you know, Deadpool is like an action comedy. So, right. uh, you know, and it's, it's hard to write. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you must, you know, must have a great time writing that book. I mean, it's, it's and I do, but it's difficult. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, it's just... It, it just it allows, like I said, to, to stretch different muscles. Right. Is it? Do you find it difficult to switch gears? You know, to to, no. to suddenly now it's just kind of a natural. Uh... Uh, it's all make believe. You know, <laughs> make of it what you want. Right. So, so um, you started the Deadpool series, and he's thrown immediately into Secret Invasion into the crossover. Um, right. Can you talk a little bit about how the writing process might be different when you're part of an event, or does it limit you at all? Well, uh, no, it, 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 at least not in you know this instance. Or it really hasn't been my experience that I've been kind of reined in. Usually, as far as tie-ins go, um, it's it, sometimes by invitation, sometimes you ask. But in no one, I don't think I can't think of anyone who's forced into doing a crossover. You know, um, but so at least you know from the outset what you're doing. I can say that much. Um, but we actually, uh, that was like the, one of the mandates for the book. You know, we wanted to get Deadpool right in the thick of things. And um, we kind of reached out uh, to like Tom Reborn's office and we're like, you know, if, if Deadpool could be used for in, you know, in any capacity, if you need someone like him to do anything, you know, we'd be more than, you know, more than happy to write that story. Right. And luckily they did. They needed something, you know, they wanted, you know, um, Norman Osborn to be able to kind of get this this you know, intelligence from the scrolls and kind of do it outside normal cha- normal channels so that it would be a bit of you know a surprise. 
Right. And Deadpool is definitely the abnormal channel. So, so uh, yeah, it was. And besides, you know, it, 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 you know, Deadpool has this diehard fan base. You gotta love them. Um, but you know, Brian Bendis, you know, uh, Secret Invasion, much bigger audience. So it got Deadpool in front of a lot more people than it would have were it not a crossover. And uh, you know, and we've we've seen you know great results from that. You know, we've gotten a lot of people, um, you know, the old fans, they're, they're on board, but also, you know, kind of we got some new converts, people that weren't, maybe they weren't around for, you know, when Deadpool was really hitting on all cylinders, or, you know, they, or they just never really thought that it was, you know, their thing, but, you know, now they're with us, so. Right. And, and speaking of which, I mean, with the Hulk versus animated uh, DVD and and the Wolverine Origins movie coming out. I mean, Deadpool has hit mainstream. You know, yeah. he's hit the ground running. So, um, is it is, Deadpool? Right, right. So, is that on your mind at all? I mean, you you know, you write Wolverine Origins, you write Deadpool, and they're about to hit mainstream like big time. Does that you know? Does it add any pressure, or does it make you write any differently, knowing that so many more you know so many new comic readers are going to be jumping on real soon? Um, I haven't really thought of it, and. Uh, and it, it, there's also the fact that you know it's it's uh, the, the the film is being you know produced kind of you know it's a Fox thing so it's kind of out of our hands you know when I say our hands it's Marvel's hands you know in a lot of uh, it, as far as a lot of things go so uh, I mean I, I don't know exactly where they intend on going with it um, I've I've heard you know especially the animated things I've heard a lot of good things about and I was in um, at, uh, at San Diego last year, I remember I was on a panel where they showed uh, a clip of you know this Hulk and Wolverine ca- uh, cartoon, and when Wolverine came on the screen, the place went fucking bonkers. Yeah, you know. So I, I was I figured, okay, this is a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, but no, I don't. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just see the movie when it comes out, and you know, it's it's. it's I hope, hopefully, you know, Deadpool kind of catches on as a character, you know, and, and if they want uh, a really good Deadpool movie, maybe they should call me up. <laughs> Definitely. Well, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. Thanks so much for your time and uh, for getting back to me and everything, and uh, best, best of luck with everything. Awesome. Everything, you're killing everything right now, and things are looking great. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. All right. Well, that was, that was great. John, awesome job. Yeah, I have to. I have to thank Daniel. Um, well, I need to thank Russ first and foremost for helping me out. You know, being the uh, X Men expert, uh, he, he helped me out with the questions a lot, which which was great. And Daniel, you know what? He's just a really nice guy. I mean, we got our wires crossed a couple of times, and we were supposed to hook up at the con, and it was like too crazy to do an interview there. And he's just been answering all my emails, and he was nice enough to do this. I hope everyone enjoys it. The big thing for me was we finally got the official pronunciation of Wolverine's son, and it is Dakin. Not Dakin, not Dakin. He was named for a band? Yeah, he was named after an 80s hair metal band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when I first listened to that, I was like, ah, takes me back to my roots. So is that a Legion of Dues exclusive? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Correct pronunciation? Yeah, that's, you know, that's what we'll become known for as well as in-depth um, you know, detailed interview and analysis is correct pronunciation of all these hard to pronounce uh, comic lore things. So, you know, we've got Thor's hammer knocked out. 
we've got Wolverine Sun knocked out, so we'll you know we'll see what we can do and you know find something else that's difficult to pronounce and see if we can get somebody to give us the uh, the official word. Sounds cool. And uh, one thing that we didn't talk about in the interview is you know he he just announced that. Dokken is actually taking over the Wolverine title as Dark Wolverine. Um, so I don't know how you feel about that, Russ, being a big Wolverine fan. Yeah, you know, I, th- I thought it was interesting. I think it's good in the fact that I think Wolverine himself, Logan as a character, is becoming way too oversaturated. So I think to be able to pull back and, and take one of those books and give it to another character and let, let somebody flesh that character out, I think is a good thing. Um, they just It just seems like every time you turn around, there's another Wolverine book on the shelf. And monthly. I mean, the guy's in like four monthlies now. So, so I think this is good to kind of help with the unsaturation process. But, you know, I'm starting to, you know, on a much smaller scale, but kind of think of Daniel Way almost as like, um, you know, the Jeff Johns of the Marvel Universe where, you know, it takes a concept that I think most people on the surface just go, you know, what in the world, you know, that, that just sounds ludicrous, you know, Wolverine having a son and, you know, all that. But he just does such a stellar job in writing and bringing that concept across. And, you know, I think, you know, just like we talked about Jeff Johns on the DC side, you know, I see him, you know, at least getting the beginnings of that on the Marvel side, which is really cool. Right, and even the fact that he, the new Deadpool series, that he approached editorial about having Deadpool in the middle of Secret Invasion. I mean, he's not a character that you would think of, you know, having that kind of uh, continuity tie-in. I mean, he's kind of usually like an on-the-side, you know, book doing his own quirky thing, but who would think that it would work to have Deadpool as a major player in an event, I should say? Yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. Reed, did you have something that you wanted to speak to the good people about? Yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about the Brave and the Bold new animated series that's on uh, Cartoon Network. Right. Uh, Are any of y'all watching this at all? Not as much as I'd like. Yeah, I've caught caught a few episodes. Yeah, I've seen a couple with my kids. (laughs) It's got uh, a lot of mixed reviews, I would say, and not so much on the quality, but just that it is... Very kid friendly, I would say. At the same time, I I'm having a blast with it. Just it almost has a like a '60s Batman feel, without Batman being goofy. He's still a serious Batman. So it's a bright world type deal. One of the things I like most about it is that it's not just in our Batman series. It's almost like using Batman's popularity to introduce kids to the bigger DC universe. I haven't. I can't say that I've seen every episode, but I've seen quite a few. Last week's was one of my favorite. It was a Green Lantern episode, and I mean, you saw a big part of the Green Lantern Corps: Hal and uh, Kilowog, Guy Gardner, Sinestro before he goes evil. Uh, so that was, a, that was a pretty cool episode. It had that space feel to it, and that one was actually uh, written by J.M.D. Mateus. So they're bringing in some real talents. Other people I've seen in it, uh, they've had Commandy on it, Green Arrow, Blue Beetle, yeah, Aquaman. I just I think, think that's great. Too. I just think it's great that these kids can watch the show and then when they see a character like the Blue Beetle, they can run right out to the comic book store and buy the late, most recent issue of that comic and it says, oh, oh, wait, no, they can't do that with Blue Beetle. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. That was a good series, too. I don't. I, I hate that I got canceled. <laughs> Well, it was kind of interesting, too, because they had an episode that had the Ted Cord Blue Beetle and the, the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. So that was Yeah, that was just like Ted, two Ted, weeks ago. Ted Cord, voiced by Mr. Yeah. Will Wheaton. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, they also they do have a uh, a Booster Gold episode coming up, so I'm looking uh, forward to that. I'm that'd not be, sure. That would be cool if they had uh, Ted Cord back on that one, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing I like about it is it comes on at 8 on Friday, and I have a, a two-year-old son. And it's a show that he will actually get up on my lap and sit and watch with me, and he enjoys it just as much as I do. 
So that's a lot. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree with you in that it's great for kids, and it's great. It's a great way to introduce them to these other characters because my, you know, my daughters love it, and you know, of course, they know Batman. You know, they're learning all these other characters, which which is you know wonderful. And hopefully, down the road, when their reading is stronger, they can you know s- search out the characters in the books, which which would be great. I don't enjoy it as much as you guys, I guess, but I'm not heavily into all the DC characters, so I guess that probably takes away from it some. Now, John, do you have you enjoyed the the other, uh, the more Tim-verse, the, or Dini-verse, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I like I like JLU, and I like, I've liked all the past Tim stuff. I guess it's the combination of it being more for kids. And oh, it's, it's definitely different from that stuff. I was just curious... No, I do. I like uh, I like the JLU stuff. I'll tell you along yeah. along the same lines of having stuff that you can have, have with your kids. We we haven't watched a lot of the, the Brave and the Bull, but we we do do a lot here. Is uh, we read Tiny Titans every, almost every night. Tiny Titans are super friends, but specifically the Tiny Titans with my daughter. Um, she loves Starfire and, and and seeing Supergirl in there, and it's just a great comic. It's just fun. It introduces you to a lot of different characters. In fact, the, the last issue they had uh, Darkseid was the lunch lady, and she was put in, he was he was put in charge of uh, the school, and everybody had to take finals. So there was a finals crisis. <laughs> and it was it was just all kind of it was just all kind of fun. I actually uh, met Franco and Art Balthazar at, at New York. Shook their hands and thanked them because of that. I'm not sure if I want my daughter to be seeing. Uh, the grown-up version of Starfire just yet, but uh, we, we can we can have some fun with the uh, Tiny Titans version. Yeah, I got my son free comic book day issue last year, and I believe it was issue one of that. Yeah. And uh, is it Deathstroke's here, the substitute principal? He, he's, the, he's, he's the principal, and Trigon is a substitute teacher, so you've got oh, uh, that's right. uh, Raven and uh, Rose have their each have their dads in the school. Uh, volume one of the actually just came out in trade. They're actually putting on trades of the, of the of this comic, which I also bought that as well because her actual comics are getting destroyed. So I'm going to have the trades uh, for her to keep as well. Nice, cool. So, moving on to New York Comic Con a little bit, uh, Ken. Why don't Why don't you start up here? You got to spend the better part of two days at the con. Do you yeah, have any yeah. Reactions. Oh, it was it was a, a blast. Just like just like last year. I think I actually saw. A little, I can't, I can't, I'm not sure if I saw more or less this year because I didn't spend nearly as much time in panels uh, this year as I did last year. But at the same time, I, I, I just walked the floor looking at everything I could, I could possibly find, but I was just exhausted. But it's a great time. It's, it, it's much bigger than it was last year. Same space, it seems, but it, it definitely felt uh, crowded, more crowded. I had a great turnout. Uh, the one panel I did go to was Dark Horse. I got to the Star, Star Wars panel, and they made some great announcements there, some new books if you're interested in Star Wars. Especially if you're interested in, in the uh, like the New Jedi Order era with the uh, Yuuzhan Vong, because there'll be a new comic book coming based on that uh, later this year. So it's it's some uh, some cool stuff. But yeah, I, I met John. I met you there Friday morning, and uh, we were there before the doors opened up for the public uh, officially. And uh, got got to just see see the sights. It was a good time. Yeah, I tell you, it's it's amazing how many people have professional and press passes. <laughs> yeah, amazing when you. Go to Staples and you get a business card and you walk in, you get a press pass. <laughs> it really is. I mean, even um, as you heard in the interview, I, I, I spoke to Daniel Way for a, for a little while before the doors officially opened. And, you know, he was like, what's the deal with the press line having like three Jedis and a Stormtrooper on it? Mike, Mike <laughs> Norton, uh, who is uh, – we've seen him on the, on the forums and that. But Mike Norton ha- has Twitter. 
And I guess it, during, it must have been Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday morning. Uh, I haven't even left uh, left Brooklyn yet with Jim. And there's a, tw- a, a Twitter from uh, from Mike. And he's like, call me an elitist. But if, if you're standing in the professional's line and you're dressed as a superhero, then you're not a professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. I enjoyed um I was at New York two years ago, and that was kind of like the disaster year. They they weren't prepared for the crowd that they had. That would have been their second year of the show. That so. was the two years ago was the first year of the show. That's when they had all no. The that was the second year. This was this was number four this year. So two years ago would be second. But regardless, um, I, I enjoy. So this is only like my second big con ever, and uh, I did really enjoy like seeing all the people, you know, all the cosplayers and. Uh, all the different wacky stuff you see going on. And I even secured another interview at, uh, at the con while I was waiting for Ken to arrive. I had the opportunity, and I took it. Ken, you want to play that? Yep. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is John, and I am here with uh, the two most attractive nurses that I have not had to pay to speak to. This is... Nurse Lauren and Nurse Valerie. Wonderful. Now, are you guys actually medically trained? We are. We are certified Armacam nurses. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I feel a little like flush right well, now, so I could go well, we down. Can take care of that I could go you. down. <laughs> I just always forget what side the heart's on. Yeah. yeah well, just search time. around. You'll find it. Okay, we'll just search. <laughs> Keep going. Fantastic. Can you guys tell me what you're doing here today Absolutely. at the con? Absolutely. Here at Comic Con, we are um, Armacam nurses, and we work with Fear Two, which is the video game coming out on February 10th. And what we do is we have three levels designed to help people who try out the game and maybe suffer from fear-induced panic attacks. Oh. Yes, and at booth 1565 today, we are letting um, certain patients, if they are medically cleared, mm. preview the game. It comes out February 10th, like Nurse Lauren told you, but we're previewing the game today if you'd like to try it out. Absolutely, Absolutely. I would. And what do I want to say? I'm going to edit this out. But um, no, oh, can you tell us where we can find information or where our listeners can get a hold of your stuff? Um, Armacam.com is where you can find out information. Um, mm-hmm. Also, if you, if you want to Google Fear 2, there's, um, obviously it's a, it's a sequel game. So if you've played Fear before, you have some of the rules are the same and things like that. But this mm-hmm. is kind of a more improved, very scary game. But, you know, that's what we're here for. Some call it scary. Yeah. It's all in good fun. Right. We haven't had anyone die yet. So oh, that's happy. good. Yeah. That's always yeah. a plus in the marketing yeah. end of things. Yeah. Of course. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And I'm going to take a quick picture if that's okay. Absolutely. Great. And we'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't realize that they were for fear, too. I didn't realize that that's, they, that's what they were there for. Yeah, is that what they were there for? That's what she so said. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what they were saying, and I had trouble keeping eye contact. <laughs> If they want to go see pictures of these lovely ladies, where can they go? Uh, LegionofDudes.com. They are lovely. <laughs> they really are. Do you yeah. think they know anything about uh, the game at all, or did they have a script? <laughs> what game? <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, I am not hearing uh, great things about Fear 2, unfortunately, which I don't know if you guys... Did any of you guys play Fear? I have the... I, I've played a yeah. little bit. I have the demo for Fear 2 and the Xbox. I haven't even turned it on yet, so... Yeah, Fear is a, is a very cool atmosphere for a shooter. Um, there's, a, there's like, a, a ghost thing going on, so they'll, like, the lights will blink out, and then when they come back on, there'll be, like, a creepy little girl. You know, we all know that little girls in horror movies are very creepy. Um, so it was a lot of fun, but I'm not hearing great things about 2. I'm hearing just more of the same, which is kind of... Disappointing. Well, we appreciate you taking one for the team on that interview. <laughs> hey, no problem, man. Any anything I can do to better, you know, the show. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. All right. So one of the things we wanted to do was give a couple shout outs and thank yous 
to um, some folks that made some some really great things happen for us at New York Comic Con. We want to thank Susan at DK Publishing, Catherine at Titan Books, especially Catherine at Titan Books. She's the one that that hooked us up with Dave Gibbons and is going to and is working on uh, Clay Enos Watching Portraits book. Um, Gary at WB Animation and Tom at DC Comics. So thank you to all those folks. We appreciate all the help that that you're able to get us and allow us to kind of get some exclusive content for for the show. Yeah, I'd also like to thank Ugo.com, U-G-O.com. They're a great geek site if anybody's not using them. Uh, Movies, TV, comics, video games, girls, everything. You can find everything on Ugo. And they were nice enough to promote our Dave Gibbons interview and our live call-in show. So I'd like to thank them as well. I just want to say thanks to all the, the listeners who we saw at New York because I had so many people come up to us saying how they love the show. Love the in-depth reviews. We got a lot of comments specifically on the All-Star Superman episode and, and several of the others, but that one, a lot of people consistently said that they really enjoyed. It's good to know people are listening and enjoying uh, the show. So you know, keep the emails coming. Give us some more some feedback on iTunes. That's always a good thing as well. Yes. Okay, so next week we start up uh, our new Maxi series, our first post-Watchmen show, which will be Kingdom Come. I'm pretty psyched for that. That's another book that I've only read once a long time ago, and I'm interested to hear all the great things that you guys have to say about it. Now, are we supposed to have a special guest uh, for that series? Oh, that's right. I apologize. Yes, the voice of Half Hour Wasted, Bill McGonnell, should be joining us for Kingdom Come. So we're really looking forward to that. Bill is a great guy, and he has a great voice, so he will definitely bring the uh, class level up a bit, shall we say. So now... No, I th- that's not hard to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bringing it up from rock bottom is... Uh... <laughs> is not difficult. So now to uh, we're going to leave you guys with Jim's audio blog. Jim spent the most time at New York Comic Con of any of us, and he had a great experience, but he wasn't able to record tonight because the Gypsy Cafe is in serious Valentine's Day mode right now. So uh, he couldn't come on and talk about his experiences. So he recorded a little audio blog, and we're going to let that roll, and uh, we will see you next time. Again, please join us at legionofdudes.com. Uh, visit the new site, leave us some comments, check out the exclusive content, read the blogs, look at the photos, check out the video interviews, and uh, please check out Half Hour Wasted if you are not already, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Take care, everybody. And, uh, hang around for the end of uh, Jim's little audio segment. We, we, we stuck in a little special nugget of goodness of Jim's giddiness and happiness at being at New York Comic Con. So, oh, that's um, right. <laughs> so, so stick around for that. You'll, you'll appreciate it. Cool deal. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Hey, this is uh, Jim Dietz, Yoda Jones from the ComicForums.com, uh, with my uh, report from New York Comic Con. Uh, if you want a more in-depth report, please come see us on www.legionofdudes.com, and uh, we'll have not only my in-depth blog of the whole weekend of every, everything I saw and did, but also a bunch of photos of uh, not only the New York Comic Con, but my tour of DC Comics, which I'll get to uh, briefly here in a minute. Uh, the New York Comic Con, for me, I, I've never been to a giant con before. I've never been to San Diego. I've never been to um, New York before. The biggest con I've ever been to before was um, Pittsburgh, and uh, this literally blew my mind. I rolled in uh, Friday uh, around 6 p.m., kind of laid straight from Penn Station with my suitcase, uh, rolling down the, uh, the blocks to uh, Javits there from Penn Station. Uh, hooked up with uh, Logan McLeod, Ken Morgan, and uh, Johnny M., there at the uh, the Javits Center right around 6, 6.30, and had just enough time to uh, drop some gifts off to them, and it was time to uh, go talk to Mr. Bruce Tim, 
and Miss Lauren Montgomery, the uh, masterminds behind the new Wonder, Wonder Woman uh, animated DVD. Uh, and uh, again, we'll have those video interviews up on our website, legionofdudes.com. Uh, they were super nice, very gracious. It was great to talk to Bruce Tim. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the of the animated universe, the DC animated universe. So that was a huge thrill for me. That was that was major. And then uh, Johnny had to split, but uh, Ken and I hung around, got into the VIP section for the Wonder Woman uh, DVD screening, and uh, it was awesome. It was really good. Um, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. The cast is incredible. Uh, Carrie Russell, Nathan Fillion from uh, Firefly, and uh, Rosario Dawson, and Mark Haugenberger. And the script is uh, written by Gail Simone uh, from the comic book. So uh, if you're any fan of hers, you know she's uh, pretty pretty competent with these characters. Uh, the first 10 minutes of the movie was a lot bloodier, a lot more violent than I thought it would be. It was a lot like uh, 300 with breasts. Uh, but it was very well done. Uh, the story was good. It was tight. It kind of took the um, the Batman... Uh, animated series, Superman animated series, uh, philosophy of, you know, culling the best aspects of the character and putting them together into an amalgamation, and uh, it was it was really good. Um, I was exhausted, and uh, we I had to uh, we had to roll back to uh, Flatbush that night, so we didn't get to stay for the Q and A. Um, my sister was throwing me a small party with some of her friends. Uh, I did, however, eat uh, the uh, famous. Uh, DeFeo's um, Brooklyn Pizza. I guess this place has been there for 30, 40 years, and uh, there's a good reason because that was some mighty fine pizza. On Saturday, we got up early, uh, cruised into the con uh, due to a lot of weirdness. I didn't make the um, the Watchmen and um, Terminator screening, but uh, I did get to see everybody at Podcast Alley. So I want to shout out to all the CGS guys, uh, Brian, Peter, and, and the whole gang were there. Um, we'll see you guys at Still City Con in April. And also for the Geek Throwdown, there's, there'll be more of that, I'm sure, uh, info on that on their site. So the guys from Indie Spinner Rack and Comic News Insider and Comic Timing. And, of course, Sean and Jim from Raging Bullets, my my main podcasting bros. And uh, DeFixer and DeFixer's Hideout. I uh, don't want to leave him out. And I ran, and ended up meeting, was able to finally meet the Freaky Tiki, Wood, Vince, um, Ziggo, Darth BX, uh, Malpractice, uh, Mr. Bickle, uh, New Mutant, uh, X the Last Man, um, Lenny, a bunch of people from the forums who had only ever talked to in cyberspace before. It was cool to uh, to touch base and, uh, and actually meet them. That was really neat. Morrison's X-Men was cool. Anyway, um, we met, I, met, I got to meet Dave Gibbons on the, the floor of the con after he had signed pretty much books for everyone there at the con his line went all the way across the con floor but i was able to sneak in there very much at the end and say thank you so much for doing the interview for us he really appreciated us and he remembered us he said oh right the legion of dudes and he said he'd be very keen to hear um our um the, how the interview came out and uh and our analysis of it which was very gracious um and and cool even you know if he doesn't have time to hear it at least you know he um showed interest in what we're doing and that was really nice um even beyond doing the interview he was super nice to me in person uh and when i met him and thank him thanked him i don't know if i mentioned the uh the um the, all the video games that i played on saturday i spent a lot of time playing the new video games uh, that they had on the floor of the cons including the um the dc universe online which uh is probably going to be the machine the the game that finally forces me to get a ps3 
It was incredible. Also, Champions Online, which is made by the people who did Siri, uh, City of Heroes. The customization on Champions Online was way more than the DC Universe Online. Not only did you get to make your own character and customize their powers, their costumes and whatnot, but you were also um, were able to customize a secret lair for your character. Um, henchmen and your arch enemy, your own nemesis, you get to craft, which I thought was really cool. Uh, prototype, which I, w I would definitely vote for my sleeper hit of 2009. It's like Grand Theft Auto with superpowers. Um, if you like to crack down, it's, it's a similar riff on that, but more destructive. It's like if you were to cross crack down with uh, Hulk Ultimate Destruction, an open world game with lots of cool powers and, and new things to do. Um, Fear 2, which seemed like an amped up version of Fear 1. Uh, a lot of the same kind of gameplay, that slow motion uh, FPS gameplay that everyone loves. And uh, I also got to play the new Chronicles of Riddick game, which was, the graphics were just stunning. Um, I've rarely seen such photorealistic graphics. And uh, the gameplay, the the FPS gameplay and the stealth gameplay were both phenomenal. Usually in games they do one or the other well. In this it seemed like they had both of them nailed down for the five or ten minutes I got to play it. And then finally uh, Damnation, which is a weird steampunk western Gears of War type game, really. And uh, it was super fun just because of the linear, or the, um, the design of the levels is really cool and uh, it really made uh, use of um, the altitude and height um, in a way that a lot of other games don't. I had a great rest of my day. I, I ran into Jill Thompson on the, the, the show floor and I thanked, thanked her for Sandman. Had a, uh, a short conversation with Doc Hammer, uh, the guy who created the Venture, you know, one of the creators of the Venture Brothers cartoon, which I love. And um, before we went to the uh, podcasting dinner, Ken and I had the chance to hit the Toys R Us in Times Square. They had a great selection of really cool stuff, but the prices were um, also uh, phenomenally high. Were kind of high. They uh, Russ, you would have been very happy. They had a ton of Star Wars Mighty Mugs there. Pretty much everyone I've ever seen uh, on the shelf. I even took some pictures. They'll be available on our website. The dinner was okay. Uh, everybody seemed to really enjoy the food. And uh, if you thought that was good food, I suggest you come to Gypsy. Because I could put that meal to shame in my sleep. No offense, guys. The Heartland Brewery is a cool place. And they were super nice for having us. And their beer was excellent. But the food, eh, not so great. The podcasting dinner was awesome. I got to meet the Chicago guys from 11 O'Clock Comics. And... Like I said, all, all the people that I mentioned earlier, and uh, Peter Rios and his new girlfriend stopped by for the uh, the podcasting dinner, which was cool. I did not go to drink uh, with the rest of, the, of them and go bar hopping. I'm not, not really so much of a drinker, uh, so I just kind of limped back to Flatbush with my sore feet and had some leftover pizza. On uh, Sunday, I got to interview Eric Powell, which was really cool, uh, from The Goon, which is one of my favorite comics, and we're going to be doing The Goon coming up. As an as a uh, an episode one shot episode, uh, nothing but misery. If you want to go ahead and get your uh, uh, in stock trades uh, order in now. Uh, he was super cool. Told me a great story about watching the Super Bowl in French in France. They were just super nice. And if you want to hear that, like I said, uh, stick around for our goon episode. Uh, I was ended, ended up on Sunday also finding a lot of great bargains. Uh, scored a lot of good trades that I've been looking for. Um, got some gifts for some friends back here in Pittsburgh. And I ended my day at the Con on Sunday by attending the Watchmen panel with uh, Dave Gibbons, who we've already interviewed, and Clay Enos, who we will be interviewing very shortly. Uh, he was the set uh, photographer for Watchmen. Uh, there were a lot of great photos, clips I hadn't seen. The crowd um, was, uh, the room was packed. Uh, the, I cannot um, 
overstate the the anticipation for the Watchmen movie among the fan community. It was it was palpable. I mean, everywhere you went, uh, the Watchmen merchandise was selling out. Like I said, by Sunday, um, the the Watchmen T-shirts and Watchmen action figures were almost gone from the floor, and the books, once they got to a deep discount, were also scarce, hard to find. I ended my day with that panel and uh, carrying a giant bag, and I said goodbye to everyone on Podcast Alley. Ended up hanging out with my sister. We went to a place called the Chip Shop, where they um, deep fry everything, including bacon and burgers and candy bars and haggis. Uh, we also uh, got to see the Brooklyn Superhero Supply Store, which is uh, I'm a big fan of uh, McSweeney's and Dave Eggers. And this is um, the front for his uh, neighborhood literacy outreach, but the, the windows had uh, grappling hooks and, and ropes and domino masks in them and stuff. It was really sweet. I just had a really nice night in Brooklyn with my sister, uh, hanging out. I really like her neighborhood there. Uh, it's very uh, the typical New York neighborhood. If you, you watch a movie and you see them walking in front of brownstones, uh, buildings, that's pretty much the neighborhood my sister lives in. So on uh, the next morning, I got up and uh, bright and early at 9 a.m., climbed out of the subway, and uh, had a tour of DC Comics, um, thanks to Mr. Tom DiMasio, a colleague of my sister's at Time Warner. Um, offered to give me a tour of DC Comics and um, the offices of Mad Magazine. Pictures for which will be on our website soon. Each reception hall or each reception office at DC is in a different theme. The first one is uh, done up with a giant mural of Krypton and a uh, desk that looks like a half globe. This is Daily Planet and a phone booth with Superman coming out of it and a uh, piece of kryptonite on display. The art display they have right now in the reception office is the original um, original Dave Gibbons posters. Uh, the promotional posters from Watchmen that have recently been redone as photos uh, for the movie. Um, they have the original art there uh, on display in the office we went through. I met Paul Levitz, uh, which was really big for me. Uh, he's a huge uh, um, influence on me. I really enjoy his writing, his editing. He's been in DC forever. Uh, his run of Legion of Superheroes, I think, is one of the best ever. Uh, they let me leave with as many free comics as I could carry, which was quite a bit. Uh, I got to meet Dan Didio and uh, got to basically see all of DC. It's really cool. One of the other um, reception offices is uh, themed as uh, Gotham City with a working bat signal. And one of the suits that Christian Bale wore in The Dark Knight uh, on display on a mannequin. Um, their, their actual office setups are state-of-the-art. I saw, um, I went through marketing and saw all kinds of really cool um, stuff in glass cases. I went to Mad Magazine, which is really sweet, and I uh, got to meet one of the editors there. Um, they, the giant mural on the wall in the one uh, area of DC uh, has 50 or 60 different characters done by 50 or 60 different artists uh, that made them famous. Everyone from uh, a Kirby Dark Side to a, a Dave Gibbons Rorschach on the right hand side there. Um, it was definitely quite an experience, and it was really cool. And uh, again, I'd like to thank Tom Damasio for setting that up. Um, if you want to see more pictures and want to read my in-depth blog, uh, they're soon to be up on www.legionofdudes.com under my uh, blog. Uh, just keep an eye out for that. And I have a few pictures on Photo Bucket uh, from the DC tour that you can access through uh, the comicforums.com. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Jim just got here and uh, he said holy shit six times in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Holy shit. <laughs> I will edit this, of course, <laughs> and make it usable for the show. He's bugging out. He saw the goon booth. 
Oh, I gotta go get Eric. And uh, we're having a good time. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. These vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through. 